Welcome to the UFTA Podcast. Hosted by Emily O'Connor and Jordan Rudolph. The UFTA Podcast brings you a surprisingly fresh take on everyday topics in health, fitness, and everything in between. We want to open the door to explore new information and new solutions in a way that's easy for you to understand and apply to your own life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 3 of the UFTA Podcast. I'm Jordan Rudolph. And I'm Emily O'Connor. We are happy to be with you again, talking all things health, fitness, nutrition, and everything in between. Today, we're going back to a little bit more traditional fitness, a little bit more of a specific topic that we've discussed before, strength training. Yes, it is. We've talked about it many times before. We've referenced it in other podcasts. Like almost everyone. Most of them, yeah, right? Um, And it's numerous kind of applications within whatever the context of that podcast was. So if we were talking about fat loss, we talked about strength training there. But really in this episode, I think our goal is just to get down to the nitty-gritty, the basics, the benefits of strength training and how it can impact your life, how it can transform your body, your life, your habits, your actions that you take on a daily basis, and really everything in between as you dive into it, or if you're already into it, as you continue on your journey and perhaps pursue other facets of strength training, because it is such a broad, wide-reaching term. And... I think the way that we can describe this first is defining what strength training actually is Mm -hmm. and then not even going to the benefits of it. Let's crush some of the myths like we did with the alcohol episode two um, for our listeners. Mm -hmm. Um, And then let's talk about a little bit more about like what the healthcare system is noticing from strength training and the benefits overall, what it's used for, how we use it, what Mm -hmm. we can use it for, everything else in between. And then just go over the real true uh, research-backed protocols for it. Kind of, again, kind of like we did with alcohol, just a little bit different order. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Definition of strength training first. Picking up heavy things and setting them down. No, I'm just kidding. Well, kind of. Lift, I don't know what the dictionary definition would be off the top of my head. I'm sure Jordan's going to come in with a Google here. But moving external loads outside of just your body weight or perhaps within your body weight at different angles to facilitate a response above and beyond what your normal is. So again, if we're using body weight, we're placing it at an angle as such to perhaps increase the load on a specific part. So push-ups, for example, right? would still be a strength training exercise, but we don't normally push our body weight. We're using the body weight as the load itself or external load, like a bench press to stick with a similar movement pattern, moving external load there. Got a great definition uh, from a great source called Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I think think I've heard of it. You've heard of it? Uh, I may have funded it before. Uh, strength training or resistance training involves the performance of physical exercises that are designed to improve strength and endurance. We know that part. 
It is often associated with lifting of weight, with the lifting of weights. It can also incorporate a variety of training techniques, such as bodyweight exercises, isometrics, and plyometrics. It's just a very quick uh, definition that I got from a very reliable source. Um, WebMD, excellent way to build muscles and burn calories. Uh, so we have Wikipedia, we have WebMD, we have the New York Times. We do have Mayo Clinic uh, high up on the Google list. The first gym that pops up on the Google list is Unity Fitness for strength training. Well, look at, look that. at that. Boom, boom. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that was happening, so that, that, was, that was cool to see that. Um, strength training is an important overall fitness program. Uh, yeah, it just benefits. It doesn't really tell, tell the definition. Right. But I think one of the bad knocks that it has is it's called resistance training mm -hmm. as well. Man, just the word resistance to anybody. If if I come uh, and am I am resistant to you in any way, how does that make you feel, Em? Uh, not great. Like I'm going into battle. Like I'm fighting. Right. Right. Yeah. And to an extent, when we strength train, we are. We are doing those things. But for people who uh, strength training is potentially most valuable for, um, and think of this, guys. Don't think of the athletes out there. The first thought might be to go to like what you see on TV, professional athletes. That's the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. The people who need strength training the most are the people that are not using it. And it's the other 99% of the world. One, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? 100%. We right? call Just it resistance training. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we are resistant to it. It sounds like something that we have to go to battle with right up front. Yeah. If we named it a more positive name, and sometimes it might be strength training. Maybe we should just call it strength building or strength boosting. Um, or maybe we should just call it life boosting something. Right? We should probably create a different name for this. Like Applied Fitness last week. We should, right. A couple weeks ago. We should, we should probably think on this really quick so we can think of the, the end of the episode. <laughs> um, that'll be a future one. But the, the, we understand like what the industry calls it. Mm -hmm. But the, it, it, to the people that need it most, it's, it sounds like something that requires a tremendous amount of work. Mm -hmm. which is already going to deter them from trying to be able to complete it and do it when we know it's probably the most beneficial thing that they can do for their health and fitness long term. Mm -hmm. I think that's where, to and you just referenced it, to tie back into our applied fitness, strength training is a part of that. So when we kind of dive in and the first step of recognizing this might be the knowledge of what is truly strength training because oftentimes... When we think of strength training, the first thing that comes to mind is perhaps another more niche name of bodybuilding or powerlifting or strongman or someone who has countless years of experience and maybe they're, they look super lean and they're big and muscular perhaps, right? And that doesn't necessarily have to be you. That is not the intended always the intended desired outcome of strength training but i think in this can might lead into some of those myths that we were referencing earlier but having that be the common the first thought the first picture that comes into your mind when you hear the word strength training can be very deterrent for people yeah and that takes uh, the first step that's the hardest step for people to make it even harder, mm -hmm. right? 
and we can go, we'll dive down one of those myth rabbit holes really quick here with, um, I think there's two that we need to cover and it's strength training for females, mm -hmm. strength training, well, maybe three, strength training for um, the, uh, the aging adults yep. and strength training for mobility, flexibility. Mm -hmm. So when we think about what you just said, <clears throat> what said, <clears throat> what you just said, um, um, it, it again, we're talking about things that make it seem like this is a hard thing to do mm -hmm. and it is in the moment, but when you realize the benefits that are after it and what needs to be applied, like for anybody listening, you, you had to, you had to meet some resistance in your life to make a change. Mm -hmm. Like if you ever went to school, you had to take a test. That's resistance, right? You had to go to school. You had to, if you ever played a game, you had to play against the, the opponent or the computer mm -hmm. or yourself, um, or the course, whatever. Like there is resistance there. Like it's not all going to go smoothly. Um, but when you kind of use this as a way that you know you're going to get better from it and kind mm -hmm. of have that outcome and we know that we're going to get these, the, the results are endless. The results are naturally built. Um, and we'll go over those benefits in a little bit. But the, the, the old adage doesn't line up very well of mm -hmm. strength training. And the overall concept of what, what you just, again, described there, M, um, it makes it it makes it like a tough thing. It makes it yeah. like an underwashed thing, right? It's not at front of the front of the table, front of the front of the oven type of thing. Right. Well, and it immediately sets that precedent of if you don't want that, why would you do the thing that gets you there? Right. Yeah. Because people don't think about the other host of benefits mm -hmm. that come with strength training that don't include looking a certain way that don't include lifting a certain amount of weight that don't include doing certain exercises right we we forget about the other things because immediately is strength training equals x i don't want x why would i strength train yep done simple as that and then yep. the thought loop stops instead of saying oh what actually is strength training what are the varieties of strength training that i could pursue how might that look for me? And I think that's where we are here on the UFTA podcast to deliver what else that strength training might look like and what it isn't. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, like you said right away, they see what athletes do and they, they're like, holy shit, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe I don't want to. Or they think about the bodybuilding thing and they go, I don't want to look like that. Yep. And, and, and then again... We are wired as humans to come up with the objections right away too. Mm -hmm. When we are presented with something, our mind immediately goes to, "How am I? How am I gonna say no to this? How am I? Why am I? Like we are wired to say no, mm -hmm. right? So our mind is already thinking of all the objections. Time, money, spouse uh, are already gonna go through that. Uh, do I have enough research? Am I? Do I have enough facts to show me this? Do I have enough know-how? Do I have enough experience? Like our, your mind will search for the objections, mm -hmm. and. Uh, for the strength training side, we see it all with professional athletes all the time, and we see it with the, still the bodybuilder stuff come up. Mm -hmm. And if we look up fitness on Instagram, we saw all the six-pack and like barely there bikini stuff. Yep. Uh, let's just look up strength training for an example on Instagram real quick. Uh, on the hashtag yes. strength training tags, strength training. And I see, it's loading. I see better stuff. I see actual okay. movements. There is still a lot of the, uh, you know, shirt off, 
yeah. barely there stuff, but I, at least I see a couple more movements. Right. And I don't... There's education in there, too. Yeah. We like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do see I do see some different stuff. So there's 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 promise there, but again, a lot of the same old that you'd expect too. Right. Um, but when we look at it from that standpoint, again, another objection, <laughs> and and there's always that other standpoint that we can look at from well, there's always a pill that'll help me fix that. There's always my doctor that that is there for me when I need to. Mm-hmm. We view as Emily said earlier, how we do applied fitness here when we when we are prescribing and designing programs for people to accomplish their goals, get out of pain, live it with confidence, control, and clarity, physical freedom, all the things. Uh, strength training is the backbone of what we do. Mm-hmm. But somebody's strength training might be doing starting with body weight and learning how to bridge their body up appropriately, functionally, rather than lifting 200 pounds off of a bar, mm-hmm. like a deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might look as we're building strength in an isometric plank position to restore spine health and core strength, uh, where somebody else might be doing a bear crawl or some sort of uh, plank movement version. Mm-hmm. Like strength is different for everybody, um, but those things can be applied to the person and applied to the situation, applied to the goal to make them better. Uh, and, and we have it as the healthcare of the future is the gym, mm-hmm. not healthcare of the future is also healthcare. Right. Like, like, right. that's that's kind of where we're in this, a little bit of this funnel right now, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you, to that same note, as we talk about this strength training and what that might look like and how it does look different for everyone, we do run into that if you want something different, you have to do something different. Yes. And for a lot of things, some version of strength training is that different thing for you, for other people. Everyone's different is different, individual, custom to you, but if we need strength training, that doesn't have to look like any of the Instagram posts filed under the hashtag strength training. Yep. It just has to challenge your body in a specific way above and beyond the demands that it currently entails. Yeah, so it doesn't mean that you need to go and lift heavy. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to go and jump on boxes. It doesn't mean you need to go and jump over people or do a pull-up. It means that you can you can work towards those things and train towards those things if that's something that you want to do and express your freedom of strength that you have. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that's what you need to do to do to call it strength training. Mm-hmm. Like this is very very relative and very very different for each person. Correct. And that's the big part of it is what you see isn't always what you have to do. And I think sometimes there's a lot of confusion behind that. When we come in here, we're usually educating people on what strength training is. Mm-hmm. And for right now, it looks like you getting a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Or, or you create a bow and arrow. Uh, um, that was for mobility stuff. I was going to say you doing the plank or the glute bridge. Yep. Um, where like a mobility exercise could give you more range of motion, like a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. to then give you more strength because now you have the freedom mm-hmm. to do something like that to express yourself differently in a movement. And... If we do it right on our end, from the applied fitness side of things, it helps them more outside of the gym than it actually does inside the gym. Yes. That's where another piece of it can go. Absolutely. Well, and that's where that individualized piece comes in, because a lot of times what we think of when we think of strength training is just the the in-the-gym results. Mm -hmm. But when we can tie the the in-the-gym work to the the outside-of-the-gym results... Bingo. That's the motivator. That's your why. That's why you find importance and value in the strength training itself. 
because it's not just I've said this from very early on actually shock, maybe shockingly maybe not in my in my career in fitness but I don't really care how much anyone goblet squats but if you have to carry your 20 pound child or grandchild we best be squatting and carrying more than 20 pounds so that you're not doing more in your everyday life than what the gym is demanding of you. Yeah. And when it, when you find the path towards that, you realize that strength training is kind of like the X factor behind all of that. And the, we call it the backbone here, the X factor, but we can't get those same benefits from just doing cardio. Mm-hmm. We can't get those same benefits from just doing jumpy shit. We can't get those same benefits from just doing plyometrics from from metabolic. Like we can get some, but we can't get all of those. Mm-hmm. And, and strength training is kind of this thing that ties everything together because it applies, again, when done correctly, applies in the right way. Now the other part of strength training is that there's different ways, there's different ideas of how we can incorporate this too, uh, where we can use strength training to apply for your everyday life. We can use strength training to apply for sport like we do with some of our people here. Mm-hmm. Um, we can do it to apply for specific things, and then it might look like a, like a little bit differently of stuff that you've seen before. But again, it's all relative. It's all to the person. Mm-hmm. It's all uh, what do they need it for and what's the minimum effective dose that we need. Like we don't need to do a barbell snatch mm-hmm. for a golfer if we can get the same type of response through strength training of building a bigger base of strength and teaching them how to move their hips fast like a kettlebell swing or a medicine ball slam. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to throw a bar of X amount of weight over their head and teach them that thing then. Right. Well, it's just not, it, you. it's not necessary and the reward is not worth the potential risk involved. Yeah. And that's where having an intelligently designed program, hiring a coach who knows these things mm-hmm. can really pay dividends in the short term, but more importantly in the long term and the longevity so that we can allow strength training to evolve as we age. Yeah. Yeah. And the evolvement part is kind of another word that we can use for like progression, right? Mm-hmm. We, we progress people appropriately and how they should and what their body's ready for. Uh, one of the big mistakes is that people usually jump into their strength training routine and they do too much of too much. The other mistake is that they do too much too soon. Mm-hmm. They don't allow their body to adapt appropriately and evolve appropriately. Uh, over time to go into this spectrum they just do what they see on TV or do what they used to do or do what they think they need to do Mm -hmm. that their body wasn't necessarily ready for this is how people get hurt this is how you get sore for five or six days in a row Mm -hmm. Um, it's not tailored to you Uh, and that kind of leads into a little bit more of some of these myths that we can go in Mm -hmm. um, before we cover all the other benefits for strength training but uh, one of them is strength training will make me will hurt my joints and will make me less mobile Right, they become less flexible. Right. Which, if it's done appropriately, and it's done for you specifically, it won't. It won't. It won't. It strength training should training's, even help. Right. I was gonna say strength training is almost like that secret kind of we always call it here, like the save button, if you will, where if we incorporate some of the mobility drills ahead of time, and then we're able to use that mobility right away, it's a signal to the body that hey, this. I am going to be doing something that requires this new range of motion, please save it for me, right? And now it's much more complex than that and it doesn't happen immediately. But when we can over time signal to the body that we need the ranges of motion that we want to train in, that we need for everyday life, 
the body will adapt. Your tissues will adapt. They will change based on the stimulus you get it. So when applied appropriately, strength training does not make you more immobile. It actually increases or can increase your mobility and in addition build strength within that increased mobility which is arguably more important so that when you do something like slip on ice you're prepared for those weird things that happen your body is more resilient your tissues can recover you can gain your balance back faster and prevent some potential injuries from happening in the first place yeah and all of that goes into play and again how the applied strength training is done for you like if you do too much too much too much mm -hmm. too soon yes it can have negative effects mm -hmm. and think of it this way too guys if there's roughly 20 to 23 percent of the people worldwide that have a gym membership right now and that's basically been the stat like that i think it was at 17 at one point and it's been up to like mid 20s and COVID kind of brought it back down to low teens now it's kind of back into that low 20s area um majority like four out of every five people that you talk to don't go to a gym mm -hmm. okay and that means one out of every five does but that doesn't mean one out of every five is strength training they could just say i go to a gym and it might be curves walking on the treadmill it might be walking on the treadmill yeah. it might be a yoga yeah right i'll i'll use brock as an example in the winter he likes to go to the gym and he has a gym membership or had now we're, since we're moving, we will have a treadmill in the house, but he has a, I know, so excited for it, but he had a gym membership solely to walk on the treadmill. That's all he wanted to do. He did his strength training at home. We just didn't have the ability to have a treadmill at the old place. So he would fall within that of, hey, we have a gym membership, but he never touched a weight when he was there. He would only do it at home. Mm -hmm. So having a gym membership doesn't always equate strength training however if everyone that had gym membership did strength train i think everyone would be in a lot better position agreed and i'm not trying to say in those things that i just said that i'm knocking on those places they yeah. just i know they don't use all of the strength training as their backing mm -hmm. curves is maybe a little bit harsh i think they do but i think a lot of times it gets more like publicity for being a social event mm -hmm. than it does for anything else um so I, 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 uh, part of me apologizes for that, but part of me also, like, we can do more. Um, <clears throat> and when we, when we have that strength training benefit through all of those things, we can have different conversations. But when you're talking to one out of five people, and it's maybe you're hoping for a majority of those people to have some sort of strength training background, majority of those people have probably have not done it applied to them specifically, which then they've probably gotten hurt at some way or another in a gym. So we're talking to a small fraction of a small fraction. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the people that you talk to don't, can't say any experience to this at all. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you got to take into context of what this information has been of people that like, oh, strength training hurt my knee, hurt my joints, I hurt my knee in the gym, I hurt my back in the gym. I did this in the gym. I did this in the gym. Like it's not a dangerous thing. Like you're you you are more likely to get hurt outside of a gym doing something than you are inside of a gym when you join a gym. Even if you go to it like three or four days a week, I can't remember what that study showed. But uh, the uh, the fact of the matter that I still want to go back to this is is that the people you are hearing this information from probably didn't do things correctly for their body mm -hmm. or didn't have great coaching at the right. time. 
I think the for their body part is huge because that's where what does your body need? What are your goals? And that's where that answers to those questions become so important. But like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, if we immediately discount strength training right from the jump and we say, nope, going to make me more stiff to tie back into the original myth that started this whole conversation. I can't do that. I can't be more stiff. We immediately discount all of the other options Mm -hmm. that present themselves down the line when we answer those questions honestly and have someone or a program that will match with those answers to the questions. Yeah. So the, the, the myth of that doesn't hold up very well through research and through proper stuff. It does through improper applications of people spreading misinformation off of a specific population, Mm -hmm. off of a small group that's blown up. Similar to our alcohol myths from last... I mean, it's it's how a lot of myths start, right? It's one tiny iota of truth expanded to an entire population. And I'm sure for the people that do three exercises for years and years and years and never stretch... I'm sure that they are probably tighter Mm -hmm. in certain planes of motion because they did not move and their body adapted as such. Yep. But if you move in all of them, your body will adapt as such. No doubt about it and uh, without question about it. One of the other myths that goes along those lines is the bodybuilding one and like seeing the person like get super huge. Um, There's an extent of strength training that you can use to gain hypertrophy, which is... um, lean muscle building over a strong period of time, like a long period of time. Uh, But there's a lot of things, a lot of factors that have to go into play to make that work. Like you and I have been strength training regularly for, Uh, I could say 10 years easily. Yeah, I'd probably be about the same, maybe a little bit more than that, but not regularly before that. Yeah. I was kind of dabbling. And you and I are not big and bulky. No. Um... And we still have range of motion, mm-hmm. and we still have all those things. There's so many things that need to go into that. It starts with a, with a specific program for it, again, over a long period of time. It starts with nutrition, and it starts with some other things probably added to the mix that uh, are not to be discussed openly in public because then it makes everybody feel really bad. Some of this other piece, like 20% of it, is also genetics. Mm-hmm. Right? Genetics can play a role into how your body responds to certain loads and adaptations and, and whatnot. People who have uh, a quote-unquote better genetic background to promote better, like I have a buddy of mine that can look at a weight and gain 20, 10 pounds of muscle and drop 10 pounds of fat in an instant. Mm-hmm. Like it's unreal. Um, and we, like all of us, if any of my buddies are listening to this, we all know who it is automatically when I'm talking about this. And the dude was a stud athlete in high school as well um, and still Again, didn't touch a weight for like two years and started working out for like two weeks and all of a sudden it looked like he was a guy on muscle fitness. And it's like, dude, right. like how? Um, and his whole family's like that. Mm-hmm. His dad, his dad, his brother, the whole thing. So there's genetics of that piece um, that go into play. And, and that plays a little bit different role to everybody. Uh, but ladies in particular are really worried about getting too bulky from mm-hmm. strength training. They're worried about going up in weight because they don't want to get bulky. They're worried about going up in weight because they, they're going to get hurt. But then they'll go and... They, they won't touch a 40-pound kettlebell, but they'll go and lift a 60-pound dog or a 60-pound salt bag or bag of mulch, rip it all over the place. They won't think twice about it. But when you have something that's fundamentally designed with a handle in a compact stationary piece of equipment, 
that is allowing you to develop better strength in a proper form, technique, pattern, load, they say no. Yeah. <laughs> Mind blown. Um, but the, the, the thing is, like, ladies, too, a lot of it relies on genetics, and a lot of it's going to rely on what a majority of people listening to this cannot get their hands on mm-hmm. uh, to help boost that extra piece. doesn't mean you can't get a little bit of muscle build from it. Um, and and some, certain ladies will develop better leg muscles better than others, mm-hmm. arm muscles better than others. Mm-hmm. Again, just a little bit of genetic stuff in between. But the myth stuff, unless you're doing stuff that you can't necessarily get at any pharmacy store over the counter, uh, you don't have anything to worry about. I think that also ties in to kind of piggyback on that where you were saying with not wanting to pick up a heavier weight, we need to demand more of the body in the gym than we do from everyday life. And as we train, quote unquote, heavy, that heavy looks relative to everyone, right? Someone's 50 pounds might feel just like someone else's 150 pounds, Depending on the person, that might be a big jump, but depending on the person, depending on the lift, etc. But allowing our bodies to learn the proper mechanics in the controlled environment further prepares us for the uncontrolled environment. And we have to continue demanding more from the body. If even in the gym, even though I said I don't care how much you squat, if we only squat 50 pounds because that's how big the grandkid in question or the kid in question is, our body will could only adapt as far as that 50 pounds. At a certain point, we have to load. And this kind of gets into methods of, of strength training, but we have to, to tie back to our progressive overload, we have to demand more from the body to continue making progress, to continue pushing the needle forward and getting the results that we want to see. A 50 pounds might not get you there. It might have to be 70. It might have to be more. And that's where that progression over time comes into play. And we had a whole episode in season two that we did on progressive overload that describes that entire thing that you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, One of our later episodes, too, um, late 20s, whatever it was. But it describes that whole principle in a nutshell. Um, Does that cover? I think that was most of the myths, I think those are the myths, yeah. So let's just dive into impacts and, like, the benefits. Mm -hmm. And then we can go into into the protocols. Mm -hmm. But I want to go through this really quick because the healthcare system is catching on to more and more about how the strength training works. So much so, guys, that they're not just putting healthcare, they're not putting gyms in the hospital. They are outsourcing and building entire complexes now or hiring out entire organizations or businesses to take care of this and run exclusively through hospitals and their patients. Mm-hmm. Um, injury risk-wise, from a healthcare standpoint, people miss... Uh, people cost the nation, businesses, however you want to put it, $30.8 billion a year for injury-related uh, things at from work from workplace uh, replacement stuff um, that could have been resulted with proper like movement is, is, is kind of the term that I saw. $30.8 billion a year that are costing businesses in the nation in terms of health care and insurance. Uh, I'm not saying that a person on a proper strength training program or even exercise program would cut that in half, but I would love to see the numbers if more people took that seriously, yeah. right? So the, the the future of healthcare is becoming more and more realistic because, uh, as everybody listening to this knows, things have drastically changed since COVID, and there's still hospitals and healthcare systems that are trying to keep up, and they're changing things drastically, and that's in, uh, impacting our doctors, 
uh, of being a little bit more, um, I guess, uh, utilized. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think the average person now is given seven minutes. The doctor is expected to give an average person of seven minutes per insurance, per visit of their face-to-face time. And they're supposed to see like 60 people a day. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane. And they they don't get days off a lot of times. They work crazy long days, right? So the healthcare is changing and it's starting to get recognized. And I, I, I want to say kudos to Mayo. No no offense to our local area, Gunderson as well. Um, but Mayo is just leading a bigger charge on this and they're a little bit more progressive on this front. But I'm going to go over the benefits of what Mayo is saying. So it's not just coming from you and I. <laughs> Because you people don't want seem... to use our newly found source from before, Jordan. Right. I don't want to use the Wikipedia either, <laughs> um, even though it looks like a quality source. But I feel like I've had a conversation with a couple of our doctors here a couple weeks ago that had uh, Mayo basically did presentations for all of their patients, mm-hmm. all of their clients at the hospitals, and it was on nutrition and weight loss and how to help it. And we have a client that I'm helping online that went to this, and I'm like, what they say? And he said, oh, like everything that you said. I'm like really yeah and they talked about portions and they explained it like you and they said eating slowly like I actually like how you did this better I kind of like how they did this better but yeah I'm on the right track like I'm glad I I'm glad I'm with you and I was like cool like that's awesome to hear the next day we had two doctors that are Mayo doctors come in and they listened to the the research behind a lot of sports performance stuff and nutrition what do you say and they both said you just got to keep telling people what you're saying I'm like what do you mean like everything you said is what he said he just led it as a doctor and presented the research. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do differently? Because people don't want to listen to us if we're not doctors. And, he, and they said, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. Just hold your ground, stay convicted, like just keep going because you're saying the right things. You're doing the right things. The research has proven it. I'm like, cool. And uh, so then it comes back to like, man, if I, we only had the doctor in front of or after our name, mm-hmm. things would be a lot different because mm-hmm. people still uh, challenge us on stuff. And I think if they learn anything before listening to like the 40 episodes of this podcast prior to this one, they should realize like we're pretty thoughtful, mm-hmm. um, pretty empathetic, we're pretty understanding, and you and I surf both sides of the spectrums enough to understand that when we go to the middle, we've probably explored both ends, um, and this is kind of like us just relaying the information, um, but yet we don't get the credit for that all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. So yes, there's a little bit of uh, annoyance in that whole undertone of my little spiel there. So that's why I'm reading you Mayo Clinic's benefits of developing strong bones, managing your weight, enhancing your overall quality of life, managing chronic conditions, and sharpening your thinking skills. Holy crap, who would have known strength training has a mental boost? Um, So, and then it just goes through different options of how you can do it and what you can use it for. But those are the ones that Mayo put its best on there. Uh, We we legitimately think it's the way that longevity is built, the way that you can can live a pain-free life, Mm -hmm. the way that you can uh, boost confidence. Mm -hmm. That's not described on here at all. Um, But there's so many benefits, like the, 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 the risk of falling uh, drops dramatically the risk of disease and catching these chronic conditions on here of arthritis back pain obesity heart disease depression diabetes reduces signs and symptoms of all of those and so much more like it's 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 unreal and then having you be able to increase your metabolism so you can you can burn more calories after we turn 40 we lose is it nine percent for every decade of muscle mass is it is it like one like, I wouldn't, yeah I was gonna say seven or nine I know it's an odd number every decade though yeah. something like that yeah so every 10 or maybe that's power and then muscle mass is three percent a year that's maybe that's what it is I don't remember it's something like that 
Um, but after we turn about 40, 45, we start losing that every year. So mm-hmm. if you're not using strength training, you're losing it more. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if we can get somebody over the course of a few years to maintain their strength at the age of 55, we maybe they, they should go up too. Mm-hmm. They should. Um, but if they didn't and they just maintained, we actually negated like 9% change. Like we actually are ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. So that I'm going to get off my high horse on this whole thing. And I'm just letting you know, like, this is from Mayo, and I added in some of ours in between. But it's not just Emily and I, fl- like, just fluttering away of different things that we do with strength training. Like, this is from Mayo, mm-hmm. who is a credible source. Right. And all of those benefits, and we've talked about this earlier in the episode as well, when we can learn and we know the education behind them. And maybe you are like Jordan and I and are more of a research person and need to know that there's research behind some of these things. And knowing that there is, having the knowledge behind strength training can help when you talk to the four out of five people that don't join a gym, that aren't part of a gym, or who have gotten hurt at a gym, don't go to a gym, and they hear that you are doing strength training, and immediately they're like, oh, we can't do strength training, it hurts my knees. Yep. Oh, we can, it hurts the shoulder. Yep. That's not true. and it Or maybe it can be true in a fluke case, but it does not have to be true. We There are other ways to experience these benefits, but the universal truth behind that is that strength training is the cause of many of these benefits yeah. or all of these benefits all and these. many other things for sure and and for people that get to experience it from a programmed aspect not just showing up to a random workout of strength um, but for somebody that goes at it from a program and and it's applied correctly and they progressed for correctly like they all talk about the benefits mm-hmm. um, we know the benefits in the gym stuff and what we can see there but some of the coolest benefits are when people come back and show us their blood work and their blood works drastically changed, mm-hmm. and we're not doing hours of endless cardio. We're not spending hours of times on the machine. We're just doing good old-fashioned strength training. We're helping them out mm-hmm. with a little nutrition and recovery, and we're making sure we're hitting that save button. We're doing it appropriately at the end. Yeah. And people, like, don't understand the value of that, yeah. right? They they think they need to do more. They think they need to get everything else. But what we're trying to ultimately do when we when we do it from this standpoint is we're trying to clean everything else up, clean mm-hmm. like declutter, right? So that you can just focus on what you need to do and then live your freaking life like you want. You don't need to go to the gym five or six days a week to get this result. Mm-hmm. Zero mm-hmm. chance of that. Minimum effective dose to Minimum draw back dose. into the one, another former podcast Yeah, that I'm sure we mentioned strength training in quite a bit. Yeah. So the American... Council of Medicine or whatever the heck it is that's out there gives the people 150 minutes a week of exercise, right? Of movement. Yes, of cardio training. Cardio training. Yes. Yeah. Is it what? Is 150 it? minutes of moderate. Moderate. There you go. Moderate exercise is the cardio recommendation. Yes. So 150 minutes, um, and that's through some sort of like they don't really distinguish it, but it's some sort of thing where your heart rate gets to moderately heavy yeah. load. Um, so that can happen for anybody that's ever said strength training isn't a cardiovascular conditioning exercise, mm-hmm. has not done, uh, a, 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 an appropriately challenging rep of 12 reps of squats followed immediately by 12 pull-ups or 12 pull-downs, mm-hmm. um, or even say like six and six or eight and eight, again, just making sure that the appropriately challenging load is there for the rep schemes, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, my heart's pumping. 
after those. Definitely. And that then qualifies for cardiovascular work. So we can get rid of a lot of this, again, other cardiovascular work by appropriately programming strength training in the right way mm-hmm. and doing that minimum effective dose. Plus, it's way more beneficial long-term. The benefits skyrocket long-term over cardio stuff. Um, so if we think 150 minutes of this American Council of Sports Medicine or whoever the heck made these things up that everybody uses now, hospitals included, yep. what are the protocols then for strength training? So as they stand, the current ACSM guidelines are a minimum of two consecutive days each week, one set of 8 to 12 repetitions for healthy adults, and 10 to 15 repetitions for older individuals. Okay. So it's very, they have the barrier very low. I believe that is changing. Yeah. That is just what they currently list on their website as this is specific. Yeah. But I want to say there's newer ones than that. There is. And I want to say not too long ago when they, because I think the one, it used to be 120, Mm -hmm. the, 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 the 120 minutes thing a week. Now it's the 150 or maybe it's 150 to 180. Like it just changed recently within the last year, maybe. Um, but they included, uh, I thought I remembered two to three days a week of 20 to 30 minutes of strength training into that. Yes. And I want to say there was specifically full body Yes, noted in that too. Yes. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure you're correct on that I'm as well. I'm not finding the source on that, but I want to remember. I so let's just say that. our protocol then would be 20 to 30 minutes um, of true strength training, mm-hmm. like like if it takes you, if there's a 10 rep squat and it takes you 30 seconds to get done, that's 30 seconds. Like, like you, you know what I mean by 30 minutes. Like you don't have to go and just make sure like start to finish and then you're just lifting weights the entire time. Mm-hmm. But in the process of strength training and including everything into it, 20 to 30 minutes a day, uh, two to three days a week. We see the best results here at Unity off of three days a week, mm-hmm. um, four days a week if done appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, but three to four days a week is kind of like our sweet spot. So we can say three and a half, give or take a half. Because the people that have done best here over the course of the last eight years have done it three to four days a week on a programmed structure. Mm-hmm. Not where they've kind of like gone off of that a little bit and, and, and done different things in between. But somebody who's followed like our program pretty intensively for sure gets gets the better results. Definitely. Um, so we would recommend three days a week, mm-hmm. um, 20 to 30 minutes a day of just strength, right? So that's that's the cool part of it. Like you don't need more than that to get the benefits out of all of these. Um, it can go more for somebody that's experienced, but it might not need to. So you can go 30 to 40 minutes, three days a week, or you can do 20 to 30 minutes, four days a week, mm-hmm. and you can split it a couple different ways. But um, the appropriate programming is is in place for that then too. Absolutely. And I think that's to tie back into what we talked about at the top of the episode. It's all about how these are applied and yeah. these are utilized, these Different mo- different ways of strength training are utilized to get the benefits. If we come in and every single one of those sessions we're doing the same exact movements, mm-hmm. well, that's probably going to lead to the aforementioned myth of getting really stiff because yeah. you're only doing the two movements and your body's adapting to it. But we need to incorporate the movements that will help us in everyday life, that help us do the things that we want to do, that help us get the physical freedom that we want to have and in addition to, we get all of the host of benefits from a blood work side, from a health side, from a longevity side, yeah. et cetera. Where yeah. there's movement benefits, and there's also health benefits, and there's mental health benefits, all the things in between. All the things in between. The, the list is seriously endless. I think one time I made a Facebook story or Instagram story, and I tried to list like all the things, or I made a post, mm-hmm. and um, I literally ran out of 
room to type it on Instagram. Like that, it wouldn't let me type anymore mm-hmm. because I kept putting like I just made a bullet point list. More bullet points. And all the things that it could it could possibly do and and uh, um, I think I did that a few years ago. I think I did it during COVID, mm. uh, during lockdown. So the the the, the and, and our whole point there was just to show like you still need to keep strength training. We can't stop even though the gym's down. So we have to figure out how to use our body weight. Mm-hmm. And these are the these are the benefits for it. And um, going through that whole thing. But anyway, three times a week is probably the sweet spot. 20 to 30 minutes of true strength training. You can combine other things into that. Like you can combine cardio into that. You can combine mobility into that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how we do our programs here. Yep. Um, but 20 to 30 minutes of strength is, is the ideal spot. And that activity, if done right, can go and account for some of that cardiovascular, moderate cardiovascular mm-hmm. activity too. So there, there's, there's a lot of true benefits towards it. Um, I think if you guys need to hear anything, it's, it's a strong piece to uh, overall life performance and athletic performance. Um, injury prevention, prevention develops strong bones, tendons, ligaments, and muscles. We have the one lady who was in here for, uh, she, she just resigned for her second year not that long ago. But she was in here for like six or nine months, and then she went and did a bone, bone density, density scan. test, and yeah. it was up. It went remember? up. I don't remember the exact percentage, but I remember she was super excited because yeah, yeah, it went yeah. up within six to nine months. And she yeah, was like, I, I expected this. Yeah. I expected this, you know, in the future, right, long term, but she did not expect it that quickly. And prior she to us, like, she awesome. was active. She exercised mm-hmm. a lot. She still does. Still she does. did Pilates a lot. She, mm-hmm. she goes on walks a lot. Mm-hmm. She's very active. She fills a lot of the buckets. She wasn't strength training. Mm-hmm. All we did was apply two to three days a week of strength training. Two. Two, two days a week of strength training to her routine mm-hmm. to get those results. Mm-hmm. So the, the developing strong bones, the, 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 the prevention of disease, mm-hmm. um, the ability to stay independent yeah. for people as they Good age. Um, again, those are just some of the ones that we see a lot of here that we use it for, but obviously the easy one is to boost performance in sport and life, uh, to go with that realm. And, and we always say like stronger humans are harder to kill. Mm-hmm. Like they are like, if we're, if we're thinking of like weight classes and why they have weight classes in wrestling and boxing, mm-hmm. like you can't have the 185 pound guy wrestle against the 140 pound guy. Right. Like if they're same height, mm-hmm. Why are they different in weight? Like they can be for certain things, but if they're the same height and same body fat percentage, like that gets to think about like the difference of their mass and it's all strength. Like that's not fair, which is why those sports created mm-hmm. weight classes yeah. so that you don't have the 180 pound guy wrestling the 140 pound guy. <laughs> um, and it's, it's the cheat code guys. It's the cheat code to sport. It's the cheat code to life. It's the cheat code to longevity. Uh, it needs to be involved. You can't run away from it, can't shy away from it. Um, but done appropriately, it's probably the best thing that you can do overall for your health mm-hmm. uh, and for your fitness. It's just something that you need to start doing and incorporate in and just start small. Start mm-hmm. small, don't need to go crazy with it. Start small, let's do what you're able to do, do what you have time to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's the key, right? Make it manageable for you. Make it applicable to your goals. Meet yourself where you are at. And you just simply have to exceed the demands that you currently have on your body. Yep. You don't have to squat hundreds of pounds. You just have to do more than you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious on what that is, go listen to our progressive overload episode. Yes. And we explain that in very great detail. Yes. If you're look, if you are somebody listening to this that wants to start their strength training journey and hasn't because they've been intimidated or they've been in pain or anything of the sort here. 
uh, in that nature and you're local or even if you're remote and you'd rather have some guidance from us in helping you uh, build a program, build a routine, um, at the bottom page link of this, you'll see a way that you can apply for enrollment here for, for a coach here. Um, you fill out a form for a no sweat jumpstart. It's a free consult that we can do over Zoom, phone call, or in person. Um, you can also go to our website, unityfitnesspro.com. If we're not the right fit, we'll refer you to somebody who is. That's the other piece, too. We just want to make sure that you're incorporating strength training into your routine and you're doing it wisely and doing it to help be beneficial for you, not just for the sake of the myths that we covered earlier. Right. Um, but we'd be happy to, to help you out in that journey in any way, shape, or form with a free consult to make sure you're on the right track. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. cool. I think that about wraps it up. I think for so. For this episode, yeah. Episode three. Episode three, season three. As always, thank you all very much for listening, sticking around with us to the very last minute here. We very much appreciate it. As always, share with someone who you think might benefit from listening to this episode. Give us a share, rate, like, subscribe, download, all of the things. It always helps us to grow, reaching more people, helping us deliver more surprisingly fresh takes. And with all of that said, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye, everybody. See you, everybody.